If you're like me, sometimes you pray and you wonder why God doesn't answer your prayers the way that you want. You know that God has power, and yet sometimes we doubt. And so for anyone who's struggling, struggling to wonder if God's power is really at work, I have a devotion to share with you this morning from John chapter 2 talking about the miracles of Jesus. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you want us to know you. I thank you that you are not just a distant God, but that you are with us. God, I pray for those of us who are in the middle of battles and wondering where you are, feeling weak and helpless, and wondering why you feel distant. Lord, would you remind us today of your greatness and of your power and that you really are still at work, that you are able. Through Christ we pray, amen. John chapter two records the first miracle of Jesus. It says, on the third day, a wedding took place in Cana of Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding as well. It's kind of this wonderful picture of Jesus in everyday life. Jesus going to a wedding. And when the wine ran out, Jesus' mother told him, they don't have any wine. What has this concern of yours to do with me, woman? Jesus answered, my hour has not yet come. You sense this tension and that Mary has a sense of who Jesus is and what he could do. And yet Jesus needs to be obedient to the Father. And obedience to the Father means being obedience, obedient in the timing of revealing his power and revealing who he is. And so Mary is saying, Jesus, come to the rescue. And Jesus is appreciating the question, but cautioning his mom Uh, You can't push God's timing. Verse 5. Do whatever he tells you, his mother told the servants. Now six stone water jars had been set there for Jewish purification. Each contained 20 or 30 gallons. Filled with water. Fill the jars with water, Jesus told them. So they filled them to the brim. And he said to them, now draw some out and take it over to the head waiter. And they did. When the head waiter tasted the water after it had become wine, he didn't know where it had come from, though the servants had drawn the water, who, who had drawn the water knew. He called to the groom and told him, everyone sets out the fine wine first, then after people are drunk, the inferior, but you have kept the fine wine until now. I love this picture, by the way. Jesus is not going to be manipulated by his mom, is going to obey the timing of the father and not just the appeal of the one in need. And yet he's sensitive to the ones in need there. He performs the miracle and he doesn't just perform the miracle. He does it in the most excellent way. It's the best wine. I love that. When Jesus does his work, he always does it the best way. Verse 11 says, Jesus did this, the first of his signs in Cana of Galilee. He revealed his glory and his disciples believed 
in him. Now, depending on how you count the miracles, Jesus performed something like 40 miracles in his entire life on earth. None of them were for himself. All of them were in submission to the Father and to serve other people. He healed the sick. He cast out demons. He helped the blind to see. He made the lame to walk. He even brought back the dead to life more than once. Now, some have pointed out, though, that when Jesus was crucified, five more miracles occurred. Matthew 27, verse 45 says, From noon until three in the afternoon, darkness came over the whole land. The miracle of darkness in the middle of the day. Matthew 28, 51 says, Then suddenly the curtain of the sanctuary in the temple was torn in two from top to bottom, not by human hands, but by God from the top to bottom. The earth quaked and the rocks split. The tombs were opened, and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. So first, we see there's darkness from noon until three. Second, the curtain in the temple is torn from top top to bottom. Third, there's an earthquake. Fourth, the rocks split. Fifth, the tombs are opened, and many of the bodies of the saints who had died were raised. But the greatest miracle, of course, was yet to come. Matthew 27, verse 51 tells us that on the first day of the week, there was a violent earthquake because an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and approached the tomb. He rolled back the stone and was sitting on it. His appearance was like lightning. His clothing was as white as snow. The guards were so shaken by fear of him that they became like dead men. The angels told the women, don't be afraid, because I know you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen, just as he said. The greatest miracle, of course, is the miracle that Jesus is alive. That he died, that he was buried, that he rose on the third day. The miracle that means our sins are forgiven, our identity is certain, our morality is clear, our purpose is absolute, and our hope is eternal. There was once a Muslim college student who came to believe in Jesus Christ. And one of his friends was shocked and asked him, why did you become a follower of Jesus? His response was, well, really, it was quite simple. He said, imagine you're walking down a road and you come to a fork in the road. Imagine there are two people there to follow, to guide you along the way. One of them is dead. One of them is alive. Which would you follow? The Muslim man said, I followed the one who is alive. Romans chapter 8, verse 11 says, Now if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, then he who raised Christ from the dead will also bring your mortal bodies to life through the spirit who lives in you. Hear that again. If you are in Christ, the spirit who raised Jesus from the dead, that power that raised Jesus from the dead is the power that is still at work in your life and my life today. So here's the question. How do you see the power of the miracle-working Jesus at work in your life 
today? How are you praying that the power that raised Jesus from the dead will bring life into your life, into the lives of those around you, to change your life, to make you new, to draw people closer to you? How are you praying for the power of God to be at work in your children, in your friends, in your career? I know, for instance, I've really wrestled recently with um, being more effective in, in, in leading people to be disciples of Christ. And, you know, there are a number of people that I pray for specifically every day. Lord, help me to reach this person or Lord, help me to disciple this person. And sometimes I'm really frustrated by a lack of my effectiveness or the lack of power in those, the lack of answered prayer. And, um, and you know what occurred to me recently? I was reading through Luke and it says before Jesus chose his 12, he prayed. But he didn't just pray. He prayed through the night. He wrestled with the Father through the night. Who would you have me to call? How do you see the power of God at work in your life today? How are you looking to see the power of God at work in your life? Could it be that God's invitation for you today is to talk to him more, is to be persistent in prayer, to spend more time in prayer with him? I have a friend that sometimes has asked me, if God, what, if, if God wanted to get you talking to him more, what else do you think he'd do than to bring you to your knees in frustration, in your desire to see his power at work in you? The power of God that raised Jesus from the dead is that power that is still at work today. That power that changed the water into wine, that made the blind man see and the lame to walk. I pray that, that you'll see that power in work in you to change you, to make you more like Jesus, to make you more loving, more ready to suffer, more useful as you're obedient to him as he, and his command to you to go and make disciples. Heavenly Father, we believe that you are a miracle-working God, that there is no such thing as miracles in your eyes because everything is normal to you. There is no supernatural because everything is natural for you. God, we believe, help our unbelief. God, my prayer is that each of us would really see your power at work in our lives that you would really change our lives, that you would really change marriages, that you would really change our children, that you would really change our generation, that you would really change, make the difference in all around us because your power is at work so that people say, you are a great God. Not so that they'll be impressed with us and not so that our lives will be easier and more fun and enjoyable, but, but so that you will be exalted and your name will be made great. So God, we surrender to you today and I pray we will surrender in unity to you today. May your power at work be at work in us this week. Help us to have eyes to look for your power around us. Through Christ we pray. Amen. So let's pray for God to be at work. And let's look for his power at work this week.